Hello, everyone, and welcome back to HOA It's a True Story. I'm your host, Reagan Brown, and today our guest is Karen Merez of Home Depot. We are speaking today on the topic of unraveling the supply chain. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And welcome to HOA. It's a true story. Also joining us today from GBG is our president, Bill Mann, and director of sales, Lauren Kalees. Hello. Hello. So Karen, we always start our podcast out with uh, asking our guests to give us a little bit of information about how you got into this current position. I've been in the position with Home Depot for almost 30 years, but a year ago I was asked to task up the HD supply chain issues that we saw coming. So you've worked at Home Depot for 30 years, but they kind of internally asked you to look into some of the challenges that Home Depot was beginning to experience. Everyone in my group was starting to experience slowdowns and we were all asking questions, what's happening with our vendors, what's happening with our supply chain? And at that time they said, you know, I had a bunch of answers for some reason they couldn't figure it out. So I got tasked on on getting all the information. <laughs> you suddenly had to become an expert about exactly. this. So you turned to the internet or did you turn to your actual vendors? I turned to the vendors. I turned to personal relationships that I had in all the different shipping and trucking Your industries. own little network. Exactly. And it was probably pretty surprising. It was really eye-opening to see what was happening currently, but what was about to happen. Well, this has become a pretty hot topic in the news recently. Bill and I, however, started talking about this, what, March of last year? March of last year. Almost nine months ago. Why do you think it's just now finally getting media attention? I think now people are starting to realize that all the stock that all these companies had, you know, in their warehouses have started to deplete. And now we're starting to go ahead and see shelves empty, longer, you know, lead times, You know, everybody talked about toilet paper, but they didn't realize that toilet paper was just the tip of the iceberg. There was a lot that was headed our way, and now we're starting to see it. So do you think this was caused by the do-it-yourselfers that we saw the initial wipeout of supplies at the beginning of the pandemic? It was just one aspect. There were so many things that hit all of us at one time. You know, everything from, you know, hurricanes to freezes, illness from covid you know, people didn't know what they could do and what they couldn't do as far as work. The we fires. Had, we had, you know, tumultuous fires, especially up in my area. It's become things that happen pretty regularly, but you're not thinking about, you know, 114 degree temperatures on top of a roof with hazardous smoke levels that you can't really even put a respirator on because you can't breathe with the heat, you know. So those types of industries couldn't do anything. They just kind of had to sit out that smoke, and that went on for months. You know, people tried, but with those temperatures and and that type of, you know, toxic air, you couldn't do much. So you don't think it was just the pandemic? There was multiple reasons? There were multiple. The yeah. perfect storm, so to speak? It was the perfect storm. You know, a lot of trucking uh, companies that had long haulers, those guys finally got the chance to stay at home and remember what it's like to sleep in their own bed, you know, make meals in their you know, with their family and have dinner together. But along with that, you know, those aches and pains, when you're moving all the time, you don't really notice them. But when you're off for long periods, you do notice. A lot of people started taking the little gummy bear relief. And, you know, next thing you know, DOT is calling them for a drug test. And when that happens, you're gone for 12 weeks. Your insurance goes up. You've got to take a multitude of testing and stuff. So it was shocking to see how many people didn't come back to that industry. Wasn't there... 
a mandate of some kind that before the pandemic that affected all the truckers as well, that they had to do a drug testing program? They had to do drug testing, but not only that, that's the only industry that you cannot have overtime in. And people don't realize, you know, a truck driver has a deadline, but they're not allowed to have overtime. You know, so it was it was one of the industries that really got kind of nipped first. And we're just starting to see the effects of that. Everybody thinks it's these ships. And right now we have over 165 cargo containers out there. And it's funny, the news showed little snippets, uh, the Ever Given, the largest cargo container ship was laid out on its side on the Suez Canal. That only stopped 12% of the production cargo-wise around the world. But these ships sitting out there, you know, they're holding 24,000 containers on every ship. Wait, say that number again. 24,000 containers. And a lot of people don't realize how much product that is. You know, if you stop and think about it, that one ship can hold 5.5 million televisions or 33.3 million pairs of tennis shoes. And if we pulled that and stretched it out, it would be 44 miles of cargo train. So it's a lot of product. And, you know, everybody's like, well, why aren't they going to, you know, the port in Sacramento? They don't have the facilities to take care of ships like that. They don't have the depth to get ships in like that. And all the way. So, you know, we're very limited. Port of L.A. and Long Beach. um, A lot of trucks to take all those containers somewhere, too, when you think about that. Even if you get the trucks to get the containers, do we have enough railway system as well? Well, here's the other thing. You finally get that ship in, and we don't have enough people on the docks now. You know, if somebody gets sick, you've got to go ahead and wait for testing and make sure that everybody else isn't infected, you know, and so everything stops. You know, those are union dock workers, so we're waiting now. And then once you finally get it off the ship, where are you going to store it? Because now you've got a whole nether team of forklift drivers that have to go ahead and put them into facilities and if you get past all of that, finally, good luck finding transportation because now you need that truck driver to take that to wherever its destination is. So the supply chain is having its own domino chain of effect that's yeah. stopping it. In the past, we always kind of just thought, well, it was good enough. We had an expectancy date mm-hmm. as long as it got there by the expected time. But nobody ever counted on major catastrophes, yeah. pandemic, hurricane after hurricane, you know, I mean, fire, fire after fire. fire. These bridges where these trains are coming, you know, up and down the West Coast, they burn to the ground. You can't we, go across a ravine without a bridge. We used to see around eight to 12 ships outside the bay by the Golden Gate Bridge. And you're saying now that there's 165. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is staggering numbers. It that really they can't is. Get when in. you stop and think about how much product is on those ships. What's the current timeline that's getting stuff from those ships to your stores? There, we don't even have a timeline. It's whenever they can finally get there. Everybody's talking about, uh, we call it get well dates. And those dates have been pushed out to the end of 2022, depending on what the product is. You know, the freeze last February in Texas, people didn't realize how much raw material the state of Texas has. And for things like paint, everybody knows it's just water and dirt. You know, it's a pigment. It's dirt. But when you go ahead and add the petroleum products that make it flow better, you know, and adhere better, all of that type of uh, chemical was stored in Texas for the entire country. There's all different companies, you know, Sherwin-Williams, PPG, Bayer, but we all use that same product. And so it was never designed to go ahead 
and be at 10 below zero for 10 days straight. And all the machinery for those companies broke down as well. And guess what? Those parts are out on cargo freight somewhere. You know, nobody <laughs> knows the where. they boat. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And along with that, you know, fiberglass, raw material for fiberglass and PVC. And so we're about to get hit really hard with any kind of ABS product. What's What we all have right now is what we're going to have. We're not even going to talk about it, getting so it in. We're talking plumbing. And, uh-huh, black mm-hmm. ABS pipe. So we have shortages in plumbing, got shortages in paint, got shortages in PVC products. So that affects window companies. And door companies, yes. Door companies, and a lot of things are made out of PVC these days. That's a lot of different products just from a freeze in Texas yeah. that really had nothing to do with the pandemic. So At all. At all, you know, and so a lot of the companies, I know that, you know, Symington Windows, Plygem Windows, they're producing 55,000 windows a day. That is not enough. So they bought two competitor companies that were actually automated because they're at a third of their workload uh, capacity with employees right now. So to try to help with that, they've bought these companies that are automated. And we're hoping that we'll see a little bit more. But when you're still waiting for raw materials, they've had to go ahead and start shipping them through the air, that's a cost. And so on average, I think it's about 25% increase that we're seeing right now. Well, those are kind of just one example, but I'm curious if you're seeing more of the suppliers turning to more American-made products because of the timeline to get stuff in from overseas. Some are. Some already were all American-based, you know, American Woodmark cabinets. You know, they're made in Colorado, but because of the shortage of drivers, it's affecting them. It's not got anything to do with the product. You know, but they would load three kitchens per day into their bay per truck, and right now they're at seventeen kitchens waiting for a truck to come. So we can, we can think that it's product abroad, and sometimes it is, but the trucking industry has really so the ripple effect continues on when they're trying to force us into more housing, affordable housing. In California, and yet at the same time, we can't get the supplies to complete the construction for the affordable. Even the ADU acceptance isn't going to solve the problem because we can't get materials. It's staggering how many things have affected overall supply chain right now. You don't have the employees, the pandemic, uh, the ships trying to get unloaded, the truckers you know, trying to find employees. Well, now aren't the truckers on strike or planning? They're planning st- on on striking. So, oh. <laughs> that's just putting more fuel on that fire. More fuel that's on the fire and raging, you know. And we're just now starting to see it. People didn't realize last year during the pandemic, a lot of people were at home and baking. We all heard about the sourdough, you know, craze that was happening. Well, our appliances hadn't been getting used like they were. And in one day, we sold more appliances in one single day than we had the entire year. You know, people were at home. They wanted to upgrade. Things were breaking down because they'd finally started getting used. And it's staggering. Today, I looked at the numbers, 49% increase in appliances. And people weren't aware that we had to wait six weeks to two months, sometimes three months to get those appliances because it was one thing, the wiring harnesses in China. It might say that it was made in America. Well, it was assembled in America. And so the appliances that we were getting, the wiring harnesses, were in a different prominence in China than maybe where the assembly of the actual refrigerator was being made. And so 
people were dying at the beginning, you know, and nobody knew what was happening. And so they'd put more labor into those factories. And then that group of people passed away. And pretty soon we realized we've got a, we've got a pandemic happening. So trying to get that labor when there's nobody really to train them and then tearing apart all these manufacturing plants and, you know, separating people to put them at a safe distance. I mean, we just fell farther and farther and farther behind. And unfortunately, the consumer wasn't. Our need and our desire to keep shopping, you know, has kind of really put us at a brink. So I, I, we keep seeing the prices going up, but what have you, what do you see with this pricing? Is it going to continue or is it going to kind of, we've kind of hit our spot there? I'm hoping. I'm hoping. You know, it just, it's always demand. And as you see, you know, we saw that with plywood, you know, it was always our last leader between eight and $12 a sheet. And then, you know, it went up to 70 plus dollars and it was because of the raw material, the binders. And so we decided we're not going to make a bunch of decking. We're not, you know, we started trying to strategically figure out what we needed to do. So you saw that our prices started dropping first and the rest of the industry had to follow. It's just no saying. We're seeing a lot of manufacturers kind of uh, hone in on certain products and, and discontinue others. Things that we used to be able to get, we can't get anymore. Is that a temporary situation? It is a think? temporary. Okay. It's a strategic plan. PPG, with their paint products, went ahead. Rather than having an assortment of 50 different types of products, they honed it down to two commercial prod- products that could go ahead and cover a sleuth of, of things that it needed to as far as specs and requirements. And so they felt pretty comfortable. Okay, you know, we're going to be able to do this. And then came the boat with all their buckets. And, (laughs) you know, nobody had the foresight to think, wait a minute, we're going to run out of buckets. So those are on ships somewhere right now. (laughs) So they may have the paint made, but now we don't have anything to put it in. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That sounds like our nog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everything is changing for sure in that regard. What do you think has been, I I mean, everything seems to be affected, but is there one product that uh, above all has really shown to be missing or difficult to get? Everything and anything with a resin. Um, Right. It's it's nearly impossible. And they're building back the supply, but they don't have the parts yet to go ahead and make the machinery work. So there's one company on the East Coast that wasn't affected. It's still doing, but it can't produce Enough for the country. Exactly. And this is really going to be a tough winter. And I know they're they're talking about the Christmas gift shortages, and everybody thinks, well, if I just buy it online, it'll show up. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) There are billions of dollars sitting at sea right now, at least a million with Halloween decorations that have passed now, and the same with Christmas. I ordered all of my stuff in June, and I just yesterday got my last package. Wow. So I knew that the inventories that we had on shelves and warehouses would eventually start giving out. So I thought, I'm not going to waste my time or wait. I'm jumping on it now. Well, that is really enlightening to where we're headed for the next year. What do you think the timeline is going to be on this? I mean, I have my own ideas based on the research we did initially last nine months ago, but I'm thinking it's going to not be until spring of 23. I'm pretty close to you. The end of 2022, the beginning of 2023, before we actually start feeling like 
we're seeing a light coming, you know, and not that train like they all say, but actually starting to figure out how to, it's like a sink clog. It doesn't just go away all at once. It slowly starts draining, and that's the same thing that we're we're in right now. Do you think the employee shortage of people not really wanting to go back to work is impacting the ability to stock the stores? I think I think it has a lot to do with it, you know. Sometimes you walk into a store and you can tell there's a third of the personnel there, but it's it's everywhere. And if you stop and think about that entire industry, it's hard. As employers try to encourage people to come back to their bigger companies, you know, they're needing new equipment, mm-hmm. new safety equipment to keep people safe, you know, barriers. Well, those are made out of PVC. It's another thing that'll be on a ship, you know, so it's going to be slow going for some time. What do you think is the biggest misconception going on about Home Depot's role in all of this. I think people are confused and they think that, oh, they have it, you know, they're just wanting to drive up the price. And unfortunately, it's not even close. You know, every retailer is in in the same situation. We are now building what we call field warehouses all over the country. And so those will stock for our commercial customers. Uh, all the deliveries won't go out of a store anymore. So the stock that you see on the shelves is going to be for the basically do-it-yourself from people that are running in. Our field DCs will go ahead and throw out truckload after truckload to job sites direct, and it'll be all the commercial products. As soon as we can start stocking them and getting them just to try to ease what's in the stores. You know, there's nothing worse than if you need four pallets of redwood fencing and you go in and you've got half a bunk sitting there. So, you know, these... Lucky if there's that much yeah, there. So. so these warehouses will go ahead and, you know, hundreds of units of everything. You know, especially driving around, you can just see the vacant buildings and the big, huge companies with no cars in the parking lots. And it's really kind of starting to look a little scary out there. What's Home Depot doing uh, regarding the whole transportation issues? So because that seems to be a big one of the big bottlenecks here with the shippers not being able to do, and that's obviously affecting products coming to your stores. We, about a year and a half ago, went ahead and got our own logistics uh, team. And so we're not seeing the issue with the trucks. We're waiting on product. So stores like Ikea are probably, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're going to probably be looking at a real decimated sales year. You know, right? So then the economy starts to tank a little bit. And I can really see this pe- this pebble in the pond effect where the ripple just keeps going further and further, further out. Yeah. yeah, each company, you can see they're all trying, you know. Like I said, Walmart, you know, now has non-manned trucks that they, they released two days ago, you know. And us with our field DCs, you know, trying to go ahead and up the quantities of the products that we can get. We've started our own hiring. We used to really be very, very hard to get into. You had to pass all sorts of tests first. Now, basically, we've made it easier. Background check, no felonies, no drug test. I mean, they're taking a drug test, but as long as they have no drugs, we'll train you. Come work, we'll train you. Yeah, Yeah, that's going to be a challenge for everybody. And I heard Home Depot um, also ended up buying their own container ships. We have two um, freight liners that we purchased to try to go ahead and help our in stock. But if you can't get them unloaded. into a, a port and <laughs> unloaded, it's kind of mute. Has lumber still been coming in since you can relatively get 
or from Northern California, Canada? Well, that was the thing that people didn't realize. You know, some of our wettest states like Washington were on fire. Canada was on fire. Mendocino, you know, all these counties that Oregon, you know, Colorado, Idaho. But it was really the fires that stopped. You can't go out there and work in a mill with those toxic levels, you know. And so I would say that lumber lumber is back pretty much. It's just trying to get it shipped. Fencing is in a different category all on its own. So that's still strained, you know, they're still holding quantities. But plywood you can pretty much get, you know, if you need it. Um, it just depends on the type of lumber. Well, the title of the podcast is HOA, It's a True Story. Do you have a story that you'd like to share with us? I do. I have an HOA that needed a bunch of master post boxes for their facilities, and they had picked one. And I said, well, we need to get it quickly because they're going to be gone. And so they need to go back to the board and and make a decision. And they came back and they decided, you know, they wanted the black boxes and the round posts. So when we went to go order them, they were all gone. They still had the black boxes, but only square posts. And so... Then they needed to go back and decide. And when they came back two days later, well, now none of the um, flanges for the for the square <laughs> posts were available anymore. <laughs> but we did have them for the round posts, you know. So it was square hole, round peg, nothing worked, you know. And, and I told them, unfortunately, it might be 90 days or more before we can do this one project. Just to give you an idea, you know, it's when people say, you know, if you want it, you need to purchase it right now. It's literally... Right now. right now. We have that big problem with um, boards trying to get unanimous decisions together. And there's always one person that kind of wants to wait or look into it further or argue about it a little longer. And consequently, they're missing the flange. The flange. <laughs> or the whole boat. Yeah. <laughs> so your advice is if you are doing a project and you can get the material, buy it as soon as possible. And if it's something you're going to have to wait on, what are they going to have to do then? I think right now we're all in this situation. Order it now, make sure it comes in, and then start your project. We're seeing a lot of people who are taking out windows, you know, they're coming in and, oh, I need my window. Uh, and yeah. It's like, okay, well. <laughs> we have some nice uh, mill-thick plastic over here. <laughs> so it's, it's a real deal, you know. I, I'm telling everybody, wait. And plan it for 90 to 120 days before you're going to get that material. And then guess what? If it comes in beforehand, great. You know, everybody's happy and surprised. You know, hopefully you have somewhere where you can store it because you've, you know, projected your project out further. But it's better to have it sitting there than waiting for, you know, 60 days past the date that you thought it was coming in. Yeah, if you go in our warehouse, we look like a paint manufacturer back there because every paint project we're on, we've all pre-ordered the material. That's amazing, you know. A lot of people um, took advantage of that. They kind of made a run like toilet paper, you know, and, and started stocking <laughs> up, you know. And I'm hearing it constantly, you know, I can't find this primer or I can't, you know, I'm spec for this material and I can't get it. And it's like, no, you can't. 
I had a good friend that just painted her house and she wanted a specific paint and they were out of it at almost a store. She went to uh, 15 different stores and bought one gallon cans to, in order to paint her house. Oh my goodness. It took her two, three days to do it. <laughs> Go well, we did a paint. podcast last spring and I had said in the podcast with somebody that um, they were running out of paint and that super paint technically of Sherwin-Williams was really going to be gone. And they got very angry with me that I said that and said, that's not true. You know, you shouldn't say things like that. Well, well yes, you had uh, a crystal ball. It's yeah, exactly it what's happening all across the industry. Well, I encourage everybody, if they have a question or they'd like to place a large order with Home Depot, they should reach out to Karen <laughs> or their other pro desk supplier. But uh, if you'd like more information, feel free to reach out to us at inquiry at gbgroupinc.com. Or Karen, do you have a website direct? I do. It's Karen, K-A-R-I-N underscore Merez, M-A-R-E-Z at homedepot.com. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And let's hope our next podcast together, we're all talking about how full the shelves are. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Karen.